greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, here we are! Welcome to uh, episode number 48 of The Greatest Story Never Told. What if we had the same sponsors we did last week? That'd be pretty exciting. That was what? Diva Cup last week? The Diva Cup. I know we've had Astro Glide, and somehow on Ted's podcast, he got like the Harvard Law School. Mm-hmm. I got a uh, I got an email uh, after we brought up the Diva Cup on the air the other day. We're yeah. sitting there. We couldn't remember the name of it. We brought it up last week on this podcast, but on the actual show, we're talking about it. Someone's like, how the hell do you not know about the Diva Cup? Well, we have a penis. That, and I'm like, that's I, everything. I, I really did not know. Why I, would I know about the Diva Cup? Right. As no far one's as ever I know, said, you know, no, I don't buy tampons anymore. I use the Diva Cup. Or I, I've just never had that conversation. No, so. and, I, and I don't watch the shows normally that they'd advertise on. But it sounds like a great idea. And if they still sponsor our podcast, uh, that's wonderful. Go buy one. Let us know how it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tell them the men's room sent you. <laughs> that way we get a continued sponsorship there on you that go. deal. And by the way, if you still want to be an unofficial sponsor of The Greatest Story Never Told, uh, do us a kind favor and donate some money to the three local Fisher Houses in the area. Just send us a note. Uh, you can donate at fisherhouse.org. We would prefer that you donate to the three local Fisher Houses here. Uh, the two at Joint ba- uh, Base Lewis-McCord and the one we have here at uh, Fort Lewis. So that would be uh, that would be highly, highly uh, uh, recommended if you could do that. $10, 15 Then we'll make you an unofficial sponsor. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, we do have an email about sponsorships. From the last uh, greatest story never told. Gentlemen, the way you guys got the Comcast contract is absolutely flipping hilarious. Uh, again, I'm amazed on, on how you guys still have a job. Oh, thanks. So Thank funny. You. Thanks again. That from Jacoby. It okay. just seems normal to us. That's just how we are. Right. You know? So I think <clears throat> we're going to talk about, uh, we've talked about a lot of uh, fun we've had at bars. Uh, we told you the story about when we kind of snuck into that uh, agriculture lawn care convention. and Something like that. We've yeah. told you stories about going out of town and doing dumb things like drinking too much, spilling drinks. Uh, stories of, you know, basically the airplane probably should have turned around. <laughs> Rampant drug use. Because we were on that one. But, but today we're going to share a couple stories uh, about uh, when things did not go so well. And uh, we were asked to leave establishments. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. Just uh, you know, politely asked if you could no longer patronize this place. I would say they were polite, but I don't believe either yeah. side asked. I think the first thing that I ever got kicked out of, which was just horrific for me, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. And as those days went in the summertime, I didn't really have a full-time job. I was kind of too young for that. I had to sure. cut grass and do other odds and ends in the neighborhood to help out people. But uh, basically, no nine-to-fiver. And with that in mind... You know, your parents want you to do certain activities in the summer, and this was before I started working at scout camp. So they tried to fill, and, and I was probably someone who went to scout camp. I wasn't a counselor at the time. Right. So they would fill my my week up with, you know, week at the pool to learn how to do this sure, or whatever. Sure. So this vacation Bible study was basically just a way to babysit my ass for a week. Mm. Okay, well. That's what camps are. Yeah, they really are. I'm you, glad you learned a new language. I don't care. Glad you did. I wanted you yeah. out of my hair. And, and, That's yeah, what camp and, is. And, and, and trust me when I say the camps are great. I sent my they kids are. to camp. They loved the life-changing experiences as far as friends and all these things. Vacation Bible school wasn't the same. It was Because it has Bible school. It was it. all day in the bottom of a church where you do Sunday school mm-hmm. and other various activities. Most of everything in there has been donated. It's the oldest toys. It's the most antiquated stuff. Sure. It's just a matter of what they can afford and what they have. You know, they, So there's not a lot to deal with. There's not a lot of arts and crafts going on. There's not a lot of stuff. So basically, uh, this year, because the times were tough, it was just going to be a lot more Bible study. Right. Which is like being in school. 
because then we it's have exactly like, like quizzes about these things and and, and, and everything else and, and asked to read and and go home and you know I, it was like the second day it was probably Tuesday or a Wednesday of the week I can't remember how deep I made it not not very long but I don't know what you know about the Bible what did God create on the second day just saying if he were you yeah. we wouldn't have gotten to day three because day three was what the mm-hmm. land. Right. The sky and something else. I think they, it was the heavens and the earth. The heavens the and the earth. Yeah. He created right. light on the first day. Right. We got light day one. So you have, if you're following God's footsteps based on your Bible study, you have created light, Miles. Yes. It, All right. So, you know, it's, We need uh, heaven and earth today, baby. Come so, on. So, but you also had to go How home. could you mess this up? But they didn't have, like, an interpretation for someone on a fifth grade reading level. So you sure. needed to go home and you needed to read the Bible. Which even in other people's translations, you know, it, there's a lot of different things you can take out of certain passages and a lot of lessons to be learned if you want to look at it that way. Where so it's it more, depends on your priest or preacher, right? Right. It's a broad stroke. You know what I mean? You can, you can interpret a lot of things differently as far as what the ultimate message is. You're trying to read this as a kid. It does not flow. It it's is, like reading Shakespeare. It is, I mean, it is right. a tough it, read. So then age. to come in and take a quiz. Uh, and, and I will Are also thou say ready this, for a quiz? And I, feel, and I feel horrible about this, but not really that bad. So the woman who, who taught the class, Mrs. Eli, she was friends with my mother. She lived fairly close to us, but she also had one of the highest pitch voices that you have ever oh, heard no. in your life. So it was somewhat annoying, but it was very <laughs> it was very childlike. And I remember a girl who was in the class, a couple of like a chair in front of me. Her name is Trudy Bates. She lived down the road from me. Trudy Bates. Trudy Bates. I will. God, I that remember the seventies name. I, will, I it's remember like Nancy Drew. Yeah, you know, Trudy Bates. The true detective stories. So Trudy, Trudy Bates. So Trudy. I, I thought Trudy Bates had asked to turn around and. You ever get any uh, Trudy booty? No, I did not. I, uh, I I thought she had turned. Oh, she was cute. I thought she turned around and asked me a question, and I and I just basically said, Trudy, how the. F- what I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was not Trudy Bates. Oh, no. That was Mrs. Eli. (laughs) But I... I didn't hear it that way. I was like, I thought that was Trudy. So immediately, my buddy... me And my buddy's with me, Jeff Keaton. And we're sharing rides to this thing. Our parents are driving us together. I just look at him and I went, holy f***. (laughs) And she heard it again. All right. And then Jeff, Jeff's just looking at me. So she kicks us both out. Oh, damn. Yeah, she okay. kicked us both out of vacation Bible study. Now, you know, Jeff did nothing. He didn't. He right. just he was just my buddy. We joked around and maybe caused some disturbances, but it was just like it wasn't like he did anything at that particular moment. So we get thrown out of vacation Bible school. All right. <laughs> We don't even there for like two days. I wrote the chapter on forgiveness. We don't even there for like two days, man. They kick our asses out. This does not go over well at all <laughs> right. at home on any stretch of the imagination. First of all, Jeff's mother, who is was the nicest woman in the world, would cook for us, would take us places. She was great. You know what I mean? She yeah. was just a great mom. She hated us both at this point in time. <laughs> she was also friends with Mrs. Eli. You know, this was not the way to behave, especially in a church. And as much as Jeff tried to explain that he was you not the one say. who dropped the F-bombs, <laughs> you don't say. it didn't really come across that, that way. That doesn't work in church. So we were huh. kicked out. We were kicked out of Vacation Bible School, which was, you know, and most of the people who were in there were friends of ours that also went sure, to school sure. with us. So, like, they, they knew. Like, when we even got back to school in the spring or the fall, I mean, it was game was on. Just like, you guys, you know, like, and then blah, 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 and we weren't allowed to do this. We had to be quiet all the time, so we caused a little bit of commotion at this place. But that was the first time I'd ever been kicked out of anything in my life. And it was kind of a weird thing. Honestly, the first thing I ever got kicked out of, and what's crazy is 
I've been kicked out of so many places for so many reasons, but this is the first, as you say, kind of like major thing. And I was in Boy Scouts, right? Mike, you made Eagle Scout. Miles, you almost did, but mm-hmm. turns out your Scoutmaster was doing what Scoutmasters do. <clears throat> yeah. So I am in Boy Scouts. We had a pretty big troop, too. And uh, I'm only a tenderfoot, right? You know, it just says we have accepted to turn to Boy Scouts, but you haven't done anything. But the only reason we joined, me and two other buddies joined. But the reason we joined, we wanted to go camping and fishing and learn a few skills here and there. But we kind of lived out in the woods at this time. So it made sense that you want to go to Boy Scouts and learn these things. Anyway, the day comes. We're about three months into this. And it's okay. We had like the weekly meetings and did stuff. And I, I remember selling, uh, we had to sell light bulbs door to door, raising money for something, all right? And you sold them for two bucks a pop and that money went back to the Boy Scouts. I sold them for three bucks a pop because <laughs> I made a dollar a house. Sure. Anyway, that's not why I got kicked out. That's a true thing, but that's not why I got kicked out. Really? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so we go on this camping trip, but one of the things is you can't bring, like, snack food from home. We are going to eat beans out of the can, stuff like dehydrated tuna fish. I mean, and it sounded awful to us. So we snuck some of those small variety packs, like Cheetos, Fritos, whatever. No big deal. We're in our tent. We're eating them. But this kid narks us out. This kid named Arthur. I'll leave his last name out of it. But Arthur runs and tells the scoutmaster, who I should let you know is also Arthur's father, tells the scoutmaster, hey, man, Steve and Brad, they brought the chips, blah, blah, blah. We get admonished a little bit, not the end of the world, but the punishment is we have to clean all the pots and pans after dinner. And once word of this gets out to the other scouts, they overcook everything. Every beat, you know what I mean? Because that's what you do to your buddies. Like, oh, you got to wash pans? Yeah, I'm going to burn everything tonight. And they pretty much did. So we scrub these pots and pans. Takes us forever. We're the last ones to go into our tent, other than the scoutmaster himself. We get this crap cleaned up, go to the tent. But we are steaming about this, man. I mean, we are pissed. And like anything, when you're talking to a buddy at the time, you get each other more and more riled up and just like, Arthur, man, that F that dude, he needs to pay. So this is the plan we came up with. And looking back, I feel absolutely terrible. By the way, excuse my voice. I was screaming at the TV and the Ravens. Uh, I feel absolutely awful about this now. But what we did, we smuggled him out of his tent, all right? And we gagged him, and we tied him, and we stuffed him in a sleeping bag. And then we zipped up the sleeping bag. And then we put the sleeping bag in a canoe. And then we pushed the canoe into the lake. (laughs) 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 And then me and Brad went back to bed. Well, the next morning, we wake up to a whole lot of panic and commotion. They can't find Arthur. All right, again, the sky. <laughs> I don't know if he wandered off, whatever it is. So, Was he asleep the entire time, or did you wake him up in this process? I mean, you said oh, no. you gagged him. Arthur was awake. <laughs> uh, I wonder if this still traumatizes uh, him to this very day. Arthur was awake, believe me. Uh, but they couldn't find Arthur, but he can't scream or do anything. Because we have gagged him and tied him and zipped him in a sleeping bag. And he's like 100 yards out in the water. And right? I mean, just there's no way you're going to hear him. Uh, anyway, they can't find him. And we realize, oh, no, like we did not think this through because we have to come clean about this. Or we stay silent. <laughs> we all leave. And Arthur's just floating in a lake. Uh, <laughs> so we explain. We think. Our, well, actually, the way we did it was Brad goes. Who's in the canoe? Right. And like points out in the water. No one's really looked at the water at this point. It's like. There's no one in it. You know, it's like, well, maybe Arthur took the canoe. Anyway, they row out there. You, they, we see it from our perspective. So two scout master guys row out there, all right? And so from our perspective, uh, I guess the way their body language is, we could tell they had discovered Arthur. 
when we saw their heads look back at the shore, and even at that distance, you knew they were looking at me and Brad. Like, even though there's 40 scouts there, they're looking at me and Brad. I'm like, he's still alive. <laughs> I guarantee you, Arthur's like, get those sons of bitches. So we're there for a few minutes, and we see Arthur sit up, man. And <laughs> Anyway, they roll back, and honest to God, I thought his father was going to kill us. You know, And I get it now as a parent, like, you need to run. He dialed it back a little bit, but, like, he lost his mind. But end of camping trip, uh, we are taken back uh, – handily we are removed from the scouts and as miles said about his home life this was not the most positive story my parents had heard about me and uh and you know the thing about being a kid and this is the truth you just don't think things through because the first time you get in trouble for something significant like potentially killing someone in boy scouts or whatever it might be you don't know to think of consequences because you've never been there but parents real quickly ask you like you realize he could have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that moment, you're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, we're stupid. Right. So, I mean, they just tear us down and there's nothing you can say because they were right about everything. And uh, went to school with Arthur, by the way. He's all, yeah. Wasn't just Scout. We'd known each other since fourth grade. This was between sixth and seventh grade. Did you two ever did, did, did no. confront you about it? Uh, not, mm, not really. It was just, it was understood. It was That's fair. He wasn't fair. a tiny guy either. Yeah. And looking back, he should have beaten the living piss out. He never did, but he'd mean mm-hmm. mug. Man, I just steered clear. Yeah. Like fair, I tried to kill him. We'll give you two more quick ones because uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, but um, we were in uh, a bar in my neighborhood one night probably about 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. And uh, and it was a crowded bar. There was bands playing, um, like a local showcase of bands. And uh, – Steve and I just were kind of standing. We were closer to the stage, but we were still in the area and vicinity of the bar. We were close to the wait station. However, we were not blocking the wait station. That is correct. We were to the side of it. All right. Well, this waitress kept telling us to move, and we were clearly at the bar. Yeah. And we were like, are we in your way? I mean, is there anything we could do? We We're were being very pleasant. We were being very polite. And I can't remember... She said something very curt to me about the third time or whatever the deal was. And I, I can't remember my exact verbiage. <laughs> I will just let you know that at times uh, I get a little Asperger-ish. <laughs> and uh, I don't really put a filter on. And I think what I said was something to the effect of, you're too goddamn ugly to be giving me that hard of a time. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically it. The, the nuts and the bolts of it was that. But I don't think you said uh, goddamn. I yeah. think it was the F bomb. Yeah, right. But ugly I didn't want to drop was another definitely one on a yes. word. Yeah. Definitely a word to use. It was and, directed uh, at her. And then the next thing I know, <laughs> there's a tap on my shoulder. And uh, they are. we are kindly uh, asked to leave. Yeah. That's fun and dandy. We never went back. We never went back to this bar. Ten years later goes by, and I want to say uh, Radke was yes. was playing at this venue, and uh, also opening act Shit Ghost, which was <laughs> right. He's amazing. I, he I was shocked shit. how much I liked him. I love Shit Ghost. I have to admit, he's you know, it's like hey, you can say Shit's Creek. The guy's name is Shit Ghost. That's what I mean. That's that's who he is and what he does. I can't remember the other band. They were pretty good too. But either way. We get there, and the first thing that happens, this is 10 years later. Literally a decade. We go right. to the bar, like we always do. And the manager looks at us, 
and basically said, you know you're not allowed in here. <laughs> God damn, buddy. Like, come on. He's like, no, just kidding, man. He's like, hey, this is, you know, but bygones are bygones. But we're like, it's been how did you years. recognize this? Like, well, I remember you guys. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. That was not good. Yeah. Uh, and then another time, Steve and I were uh, up in North Seattle. At a bar that people say you can't get kicked out. Yes. It's, it's like going to the Star Wars bar, right? right? So uh, there's a guy, and he's eating with his feet beside us. He doesn't have arms, to give you an idea. <laughs> this is at the bar. This, he's seated this at, the, at bar. the bar. Now, I want you to understand, he's using a fork and knife, and with he's feet. eating a with steak. His, with his feet. I just remember this story. This is great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, homie's eating a steak, <laughs> yeah. so he's yeah. cutting yeah. it. Yeah. But, and, but we're sitting catty corner to him, so you can't not see him. Right? And it wasn't, I just, I was amazed. But here's the thing. He left before we got booted out. But when he, he knows the bartender. So he puts down his fork and knife. Sure, grabs a napkin. This is all his feet. We're, he we're, wipes we're his face. At this point in time, we're just amazed. But he, but he says you to know? the bartender, like, hey, Sheila, you know, see you next Tuesday. Whatever the hell it was. <laughs> he probably did not say, see you next Tuesday. Sorry, that's a slip. Uh, but anyway, like, hey, man, I'll see you next time. And uh, he gives her a high five with his foot. I, sh- yeah, I swear to no, 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 you, can't stop we're staring. There. We're just like, okay. Yeah, in, like, in, the mean- in the meantime, in the meantime, in the meantime, this guy. There's karaoke. Like, this guy's been pacing around. I had to pull up the lyrics because I, I don't know them. But, uh, but uh, So we're sitting there watching this all go down. And this guy comes up to the microphone and goes, I now... <laughs> The end is near, <laughs> and so I face the final curtain. <laughs> so he starts going into my way, right. and Steve and I just lose our shit <laughs> because it's so bad. But and he then, won't stop yeah. singing. He, he's but the only guy singing. Much more than this. Yes. And he, he won't stop. No. The Rex. next song, it's him again. I've and had a few, <laughs> and like he is just feeling like he is killing it up there. And he's not. He's not he's at not. all. But in his mind, he's oh, tearing the place down. And we can't stop laughing. And so, then, so it's not that we're just looking and laughing at anything. We're, you know when you just get in that laugh train, man, where you just can't stop laughing? It's just like the trigger. You're not been, speaking. The trigger's been, <laughs> right. the, the switch has been flipped. You can't stop. You just can't else. stop. But you don't want to laugh at the guy. But here's the thing. You don't want to laugh at this. But this dude's singing is enough. Because he won't yeah. stop singing. It's like he's forcing you to laugh. So the bartender said, you know, first she's like, guys, Just pay for your drink. Because she's kind of <laughs> chuckling. But the first time she was cool, she's like, you guys are making me laugh. You just stop. We're like, we're sorry. We're so sorry. <laughs> about five more minutes. Because he, he's singing another song. Oh, my God. He's moved on. <laughs> Love is a battlefield. <laughs> so she comes up. And she's like, you got to go. You got to go. I'm kicking you out of the bar. We're like, we're just yeah. laughing. She's like, but I'm kicking you out of the bar. Okay. Is that, our, is that our phone call for the next thing we got to do? Yes, it is. So, yeah, we got kicked out of that place, too. Because <laughs> we laughed at terrible singers. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll call that one what? Kicked out, I guess? That sounds good to me. We've got a hell of a lot more of those stories we're not going to okay. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush Production.